the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Uh, another exciting week uh, week in the market. Wow. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to repeat something, which I don't always do, but I, I, I've been repeating more of it. Remember what Bill Gates said. He talked about the headlines always talk about the worst situation, but they don't talk about gradual improvement. <laughs> remember that because I think it's important, especially right now. Okay, so uh, remember, we always go to our webpage, uh, Google or Bing, Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up, and we have the Market Week, which tells you what happened during the market, our daily technical analysis on there, uh, some cybersecurity stuff, et cetera, et cetera, a data breach, how to protect yourself, and a lot of people are not paying attention to that, and I think they should. A couple other things is that we have uh, rewriting retirement, and... uh, I truly think this is a good piece. And, uh, you know, if you're getting close to retirement or even are thinking about it, you know, you, you should be reading this because it, it talks about shifting mindsets of the, the new generation of retirees. And I think it's important. Also, you know, your balance sheet, you know, look, there's two sides to a balance sheet. When you're an accountant, you know, if you do, you do something to one side, you got to do it to the other. And I think people don't understand lending values. Lending values are based on the value of, securities or households or whatever. So you got to learn how to manage your credit. you got to evaluate your credit needs and manage them uh, and use credit strategically. If you do, uh, trust me, uh, a lot of wealthy people have managed their their uh, credit, borrowed money at the right time for the right thing, you know, not necessarily to buy a new car or anything like that, but, uh, you know, to buy for the right, right at the right time. Let's just put it that way. So uh, millennials, when millennials were born, tuition at public colleges was just $3,190 per year. By the time they grew up and enrolled in college, tuition rose 213% to today's cost of $9,970 per year. By the way, the government got involved in between there, too. Uh, In the first half of 2019, 13 female CEOs had taken uh, companies public. Female executives represent 15% of the CEOs that went, uh, that underwent uh, initial public offerings in the first quarter of, uh, and second quarter of 2019. That's the highest proportion for any year going back to 2014. Almost 100 million Americans will take a trip in the summer of 2019. Uh, I'm sorry. Most people are, are budgeting two to three weeks pay for their summer vacations. Men on average budget $2,900 compared to $2,400 for women. Uh, so women a lot more uh, uh, frugal, shall we say. You know, I, I talked last week about how, the, you know, the growth valuation is now up to where it was in 2000. Now, do you remember what happened in 2000? <laughs> 2000, growth stocks were about the same valuation. And by the way, value stocks were are below where they were in 2000. And for the next eight years, it reversed itself. I'll say it again. S&P 500 growth stocks versus the value. Is it the highest valuation we've seen since June of 2000? And value stocks are now below the valuation we saw in June of 2000. So let's talk. Let's just talk a bit. All right. Look, why have growth stocks? This is the first time in history that growth stocks have outperformed value stocks. And they did it for three straight years. Let's talk about why. Well, my personal view, and this is Tim Hayes' view, is that the Federal Reserve 
started raising interest rates a quarter of a point each time. And people were so frightened that they, that they blow the place up that they just kept buying these growth stocks continually, continually, continually. The fang stocks, as Kramer says on CNBC, right? Facebook, Apple, uh, and then we, you know, we have Google and, and, uh, uh, Amazon and et cetera, et cetera. So the point is, is that things have changed. You know, the Federal Reserve was averaging $50 billion that they were sucking out of the economy last year and just putting it back in the U.S. Treasury never to be seen again. Okay. They're also paying a half a point on reserves who, who, for banks that hold them. So monetary policy has been very, very tight. So growth is where it's at. You know, that's what happened in the, the in the 29 crash. That's what happened in the 87 crash. That's what happened in the 2008 crash. Growth stocks held up. Things have changed. Okay. We just lowered interest rates. They're talking about lowering them again. We just had the Chinese let their currency float down 7%. I believe that is a record collapse. That makes the British pound collapse, one-day collapse anyway. British pound did it like seven days in a row. But the one day, it, it's 3 or 4% more than the British pound when it, it collapsed back in the 80s. All right? So things have changed. So one thing I've noticed is none of the FANG stocks have hit a new high for a year. As a matter of fact, there's a lot more stocks, you know, going up less. All right? Now, what's hitting new highs? Pepsi, Procter & Gamble, Kimberly Clark, Coca-Cola. All right. Uh, named Abbott Laboratories hit a new high just a week or so ago. So we're seeing, you know, Baxter Travanol, uh seems to be breaking. I'm not hitting a new high. Disney did up until they, uh, they announced earnings just what they told the people uh, four months ago. They, they said that what was going to happen, and, and it happened, and, and people were surprised. <laughs> Unbelievable, but but things have changed. The Federal Reserve is no longer going to be sucking money out of the economy starting this month. Things have changed. Okay, so do you need to stuff all your money in growth stocks? I don't know. But the P.E. ratio or the P.E. spread between growth value... uh, the S&P 500 and value versus the market is 8%. It's one of the biggest, you know, I, I can't remember in, in my history it ever being that big. So what we're seeing here is uh, something that is, uh, look, the economic expansion is the longest in history, but it's also the weakest in history. And, I think if you can, if you look, if you think about that, what's happened, you know, I've never seen so many whoops in a bull market before. Because, you know, we're out, I mean, you can look at the chart. We're obviously in a bull market. But we keep seeing whoopses. And that's because we, we don't have much money in the market, number one. Number two, there's no business investment because of purely governmental factors. Uh, the first eight years of the bull market, Believe me, uh, you know, they were overtaxing us, overspending. It, it was terrible. Now we have tax cuts, but we're talking about tariffs. So once again, business business uh, spending is not there. So uh, I just thought I'd bring that up. Things have changed, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we talked about gold, and uh, nobody believed this because uh, we said we sent out the, uh, the the chart to everybody that's on my list, Okay. And it blew out. It's now it's it's at 1350. So uh, I mean, uh, uh, 1450. And uh, now I'm, I'm talking about the uh, not the futures contract, which is at 1500. But I'm looking at the just the the uh, the cash rate, and it's strengthening. And now silver's following along. So that's a, that's kind of interesting. J- July was positive for both gold and silver, which propelled uh, was propelled by the Fed's interest rate hike or, or cut. I'm sorry. On July 31st, it's the first cut in 11 years. And he hoped that this was one and done rate hike has quickly been dashed with this U.S.-China trade wars salvo. Okay. All right. So I look, 
I think the stock market didn't get quite what it wanted last Wednesday with the Fed. While the Fed cut rates by 25 basis points, Chairman Powell characterized the move as a mid-cycle adjustment. Boy, for such a smart guy, he doesn't say things right. Leaving the door open for further cuts, but declining to guarantee them. So the U.S. economics team at RBC emphasized that Powell made it clear that the Fed is not a one, is not one and done, but it's not what we wanted to hear. Okay. So look, U.S. equities have been a very crowded trade in the futures market. People were going long big time. And that's usually sometimes you got to worry about. And if we look at valuations, uh, you know, especially on the growth side, uh, they were keeping me up at night. So now are you worried about a recession when it comes to framing risk, especially in recessionary environment, it's important to understand history. And if you gauge expected earnings in a difficult uh, economic environment is the key to understanding risks and investment. So during the 12 months following the past two recessions, 2001, 2008, the aggregate earnings of an S and P 500 growth index held steady while the S P value index had losses. Uh, Historically, value stock earnings have been more impacted by economic uh, volatility. Conversely, growth has, uh, you know, benefited. So that's what we've been seeing. Okay. We haven't had, we've had decent growth, but not great growth. Because the earnings of growth stocks have previously proven more resilient than value stocks, investors, you know, have been flocking to growth versus value. The question is, when does that change with historical, uh, you know, scenarios like we're looking at? Uh, now, Lori Calsavina, uh, who's our head strategist, said with 77% of the earnings season complete through Friday, earnings per share and sales beat trends continue to weaken. 73% of the S&P 500 companies uh, have be- have beaten consensus earnings per share expectations, while the numbers dropped to 58% on the sales measure. So so earning, they're beating on earnings. They're not beating on sales. Okay, so both of which are below the second quarter 2019 trends. She also noted that the sell side EPS estimate revisions are starting to deteriorate after the roller coaster that began in, in May saw them peak at 58%, decline to 32% in early July, and then re- regain uh, or rebound to 47% last week. So uh, I think she's concerned about ongoing earnings deterioration, particularly in the light of, of the recent U.S. dollar strength, which Surprised me, quite frankly, because, you know, the dollar broke out and then broke back into the base, which usually is a confusing scenario. Sometimes it's very bearish. Sometimes it's very bullish. So we'll have to watch the dollar very, very closely because I think it's it's an important scenario, very important scenario. So uh, just keep that. Uh, look, I, I talked a little bit about Social Security last week, so let's, you know, uh, talk about uh, that a little bit. One of the things I've noticed in the last couple of years is, you know, the cost of living uh, adjustments have been pretty big. You know, for four years, we had none. And then we had a, a 3.6 in the first year of Obama's administration. And then we had some 1.7s and we had a 2. Point and a 2.8. That's good for all you retirees. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Smart Investor Show. Okay, we're back. Uh, you know, um, I'm going to review some things right now because some stuff happened this week, which, uh, and it's, it's been difficult because I've, uh, I, I have a lot of clients that uh, we have insurance contracts, and what we do is we, we step in and out of the market based on the bullish percent being positive versus negative. And the problem is, <laughs> is when it turns positive, I can't get them to say yes. I have eight people that this is a problem with. And then when it turns down, I can't get them to say yes again. So they're not dancing with the girl that brought you to the dance, which is a problem. Okay. But let's, let's review. Uh, and I think it's important that we, we look at indicators and support levels. Uh, as a result of the past uh, week of volatility and selling pressure, we saw the bullish percent indicator reverse into a column of O's. Remember, this is our main risk indicator. When it calls in the column of O's, uh, you got to be a little bit more careful. Now, domestic equities are still the number one asset class as of today. Uh, so you, you don't have to be as careful if, if uh, domestic equities were last uh, 
in last place like they were in 2007, 2008. But we moved the defensive teal, uh, team back on the field, placing us in a very de- uh, defensive posture for the first time since May. You know, so it's bouncing around a lot is what I'm trying to say. Uh, look, the market fell 5.7 cent, uh, nine, 5.99% off its July 26th high. And it conceded with six straight downward days selling pressure. And then, you know, we had uh, Mr. Trump put the tariffs on. And this is Friday. You know, this is Saturday after Friday. Two of the administration officials high up said we're very close to a deal. And uh, so I, I I just think it, it just was a, you know, timing stunk. Um, with the Chinese currency, def, you know, devaluing, uh, and it was a big devalue. It was the biggest it's the Chinese currency has ever devalued in a single day. Uh, I think they're propping it up actually this, the last couple of days they've been propping it up, but it does, uh, it does turn us into a column of O's. We, we are at 44. Uh, so the field position, it's a lot better than being at 70. Let's put it that way. Uh, but I, I, I would suggest that now is the time to look over your portfolio, uh, start to, to, uh, Look at names that you don't like or names that could be affected by China because it's my opinion. I don't think this is going to be over. You know, the Chinese, uh, you know, I, I have a couple of clients that, uh, do business in China <laughs> and one of them has a wood business and, and, and he has a theft rate of 18% and he can't do anything about it. Can't take him to court. Nothing. The other one refuses to bring his really good products to China. He only brings his crappy products because they, they try to steal the technology all the time. He also is get you know if he gets sued, he he can get sued, but he can't sue back. And so he he said many a time that most people over there would uh, would send their grandmother down the stream for a nickel. Uh, it's just unbelievably competitive environment. Um, and, and you know America's pretty competitive too. Uh, it's just I I think it's it's more doggy dog there. Uh, so the point is, this is the first time we've. Uh, you know, we've gone at it like uh, this with them. So uh, now you got this coming off of a time when the Federal Reserve has been very, very tight. They've been, you know, quantitative tightening has been occurring. So, uh, you know, we'll just leave it at that. But domestic equities had continued to improve through the volatility spike. Uh, you know, domestic equities were still the number one asset class. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, it's it's tough because when you see something like Disney go down six seven bucks uh, in a day, you know you you sit back and you say hey you know and but by the way, this was so clearly told four four weeks ago, uh, you know they they had four or five people from Disney say you know we're looking to spend a lot of money in the next two quarters because they're they're putting their streaming business on in in September and. So I, I don't know why it, it got hit like that other than the market was down, but it's it's interesting. But domestic equities are still in in first place, okay? They got the most votes by about uh, 50 or 60 votes. So large cap growth, small cap growth, mid cap growth are still number one. Large cap value, small cap value, and mid cap value are dead last. Uh, the best sectors are technologies, utilities, industrials. The worst sectors are energy. Uh, well, it's... Energy's last, basic materials second last, consumer non-cyclical. They are all value stocks. <laughs> all right. International equities, uh, emerging Europe is, is best and Latin America's worst. Although if you, if you, Latin America ex Brazil, Latin America's <laughs> down about 10 more spots because Brazil's been really the home run. In fixed income, it's U.S. corporates and high yields and long duration U.S. treasuries. You know, last year in May and, 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 April, when I said to buy yield, you know, there was a gentleman on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange that bought 10,000 two-year contracts of the futures for the long treasury bond. I think, you know, if that's if I'm correct, uh, after I read the article, the guy made 140 million bucks. So uh, that was a pretty good call. Uh, and, you know, it's just normal stuff, but it's, uh, you know, we just follow the indicators. Short-term duration tre- treasuries uh, are still last. As far as commodities, precious metals, gold and silver are, are, are first. We made a pretty good call on that one. Actually, it was Bob Dickey uh, and myself. I, I, I'd actually talked to him about that. But precious metals looked really, really good at that point. And, uh, 
he he put it down on paper and and I had an opportunity to send it out. It was a great call. We're up we're up about twenty uh, percent on some of those stocks now. So agriculture being dead last, by the way, and the, and the U.S. dollar is still the currency to be in for now. Uh, now one of the things that we've had uh, is uh, you know we track follow through, okay. And there's a couple indicators that uh, our friends at Dorsey Wright follow, and they are the multiple uh, buy signal bullish percent. So what they're looking for is just not one buy, but another buy signal, uh, and and the multiple sell signal. And uh, the the uh, multiple buy signal differs from the traditional New York Stock Exchange bullish percent, as it measures the percent of stocks in the New York Stock Exchange have completed two or more positive signals. Okay. So, for instance, the stock that gives a buy signal makes a higher bottom than gives another buy signal constitutes a multiple buy signal and uh, contribute positively to that uh, multiple buy signal scenario. So, uh, so it offers a different or an intermediate to long-term perspective, I should say. So, look, the, 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 it has been in a column of X's and has risen from the, the low of December 2018 of, of 8% to a current rate of 24%. Now, a moved into O's would indicate that fewer stocks are making multiple buy signals and providing some probably confirmation of more selling pressure. So, um, you know, if it pushes higher from here, that would be extremely bullish for the for the market. So uh, something to think about. OK, uh, by the way, the the uh, the 10 10 week uh, New York Stock Exchange Index has fallen into a column of O's in the 30 week also. Uh, the S&P 500 came right down to support uh, and then rallied back up and then is heading south again. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, on the support line on there coming up. Now, uh, I did see some stuff this week that I thought was kind of interesting. And, and uh, hold on, lost my spot, so stay, stay with me here. Uh, first of all, we went from overbought to oversold very, very fast <laughs> in less than a week. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how things develop now. And uh, remember, when the bullish percent turns over, usually it takes a lot to happen. So usually there's some kind of rally after that. So don't don't panic out of it. You know, let the let the rally take you out if you have something you want to sell. Uh, but I, I believe there'll be a trading bounce. You know, uh, you know, probably you know setting up next mid, next week we'll probably have a test of the low again because that's the way it works. Um, the S&P 500 continues to track the 2016. I mean, if you look at the 2016 chart and the chart today, it's the same thing. All right. Uh, I would also say that if you look at U.S. as U.S. bond yields uh, failed to move above the key inflection points, uh, I, I had talked about a couple months ago. Uh, these levels confirmed basically our incorrect view, by the way, uh, that a bottom was developing. So it looks like, you know, bond yields are going down even further. Uh, sector rotation from a sector viewpoint. Um, last week, tariff surprise stopped the, the, the cyclical rotation. People had been buying cyclicals and they just stopped dead in their tracks. So, uh, I think, you know, if at the year end that may start up again, uh, we don't know, but you know, that would be my guess. And from a sector perspective, you know, last week's surprise tariff announcement, uh, it, it started to show, you know, the defensive sectors starting to pick up again. So, uh, I looked at some of the big names and a lot of them are at support, some have broken support and it's, it's getting more interesting, especially the fang names. I think they could be a problem. Um, so I, I just think that the, the cyclicals are dented. They're not broken right at this point, but, uh, we, we, we're not a hundred percent oversold on the, uh, uh, some of the momentum oscillators that we follow very, very closely. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, an interesting scenario. Now, this week I, I sent out something called unfriendly trade winds, uh, putting the selling pressure in, in uh, or the sell off in perspective to to most of my clients, and it's a good piece. Uh, and if you'd like to hear, if you'd like a, like to get it, let me know. But I sent it to most of my clients and everybody that's on my list. So uh, that I thought it, it was very brief and very right to the point. Now I looked at the uh, S and P five hundred. I think the short term momentum. Uh, which negatively uh, divulged last week. Uh, and I've been talking about, you know, and Bob Dickey said it was kind of a top here. Um, is, is that the oversold area? So, you know, it doesn't mean it has to pop right back up, but usually there's a bounce and then you can uh, hit the road. 
the put to call ratio hit 0.9, uh, nearing, you know, uh, levels that often define a short term trading low. And the intraday put call, uh, was at 141. And that's, that's really uh, extreme also. So, uh, now the Russell, you know, is stalled at 1618 and it really has got to get up and go here because you would think sick, uh, small caps would, uh, do better. And I said the cyclicals, uh, should do better. The, the growth first value, uh, scenario, the longer term uptrend remains intact uh, with growth showing, slowing near term, uh, in, in, in the, the large caps. And I think it has to break below the 40 day week average in the mid caps would be a problem. Same with the small caps. And that doesn't appear to be happening yet. Uh, a lot of the, uh, international indexes came right down to their, uh, their uptrend line or, or their downtrend line that they broke from. So, uh, they have to hold here. I was looking at the 10 year notes and they're still, uh, it, it looks like they're going down further. Uh, the dollar broke out and broke back in. Usually that's a bad sign. Uh, sometimes it's, it's speculative, but gold held very, very well. So I would, uh, I, if I were a bet man, I think gold goes higher. Uh, and we're going to be back. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. Somebody asked, Tim, how do you get a hold of me? Or how can I get a hold of you? You call me, 888-223-7742, or go to WHK, 1420 AM. Uh, go to the webpage and uh, go to podcasts, local go down to Tim Hayes and you can go right to my webpage from there and you can email me, contact me, whatever. Uh, you know, we have some really good information. I've been talking about this healthcare products. Yeah. I mean, the healthcare conferences we had and some of these things are starting to break out big. And so I would uh, highly recommend that we've only had two people send in for it. So usually, um, <laughs> when I get 25, uh, it's the wrong thing to send out. You know what I mean? Uh, but since, uh, nobody's really looking at it, uh, I think it's going to be a great, Great one. Um, also, uh, this uh, you know, savvy credit workbook is a really good piece, and and uh, rewriting retirement I highly recommend. And the dividend growth portfolio is another really good one for right about now. Uh, you know, last week I talked about the effective Fed funds rate, and it's amazing how fast. I mean, it was at uh, one point or 2.5 and it's now uh, uh the effective one is now 1.75 uh now the real one is a 2.25 uh so it's amazing how fast that came down and um so look we um we talk about the bullish percent every week it's our main risk guide last week we were 51 we were five percentage points away from breaking into a column of o's and we did it in two days <laughs> so we are now in a column of o's we're at 44 and uh, you know, it, it's not terribly overbought, but bad stuff can happen from 44 on down. Believe me, some of the worst uh, sell-offs I've seen, like in, in 2008, whatever, uh, occurred from 30. And uh, you know, in, in 2008, we went from 30 all the way down to two. So, uh, you know, it, it can happen. Uh, the, the over the counter index did break down too. Uh, so it was across the board. So now the world index, the New York stock, uh, New York stock exchange bullish. Uh, percent and the over the counter all are in a column of O's. So, uh, not a good thing. The, the, look, the relative strength tally is still important here because domestic equities are still number one. International equities are about, are way behind. Fixed income had a powerful move this week and, and it, it very just a short uh, piece behind international equities. Commodities, uh, if, if you took gold out of them, they'd be in gold and silver, they'd be in dead last. But gold and silver are, are keeping them afloat. The currencies, you know, the dollar is the only one to do, and cash uh, is dead last, uh, especially with the yields that we're seeing right now. So, uh, look, let's let's go over dynamic asset level investing. As you know, our friends from Dorsey Wright provided us with this, and uh, they're great folks, and they got good information. Uh, we've we've had look the bullish percent's been bouncing around a lot, and that that's one of the problems with having a, a long expansion but a weak expansion. When people are worried. You know, this thing, the, the bullish percent can bounce around four or five times in a year. When they're feeling good, it, it'll keep you in the market and keep you going until that time happens. But there'll, there'll be some, you know, you'll be bouncing around a little bit because, you know, and I could show you this on a chart if you want to come in and see me. You know, if you, if you hit contact me or email me or you, you call that 888 223 7742 number 
and want to sit down with uh, and talk about your portfolio. What we what I can show you is we've had really good times here. We haven't had these big, big, big corrections like we've had in any other bull market I've been through. We've had some corrections. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, in 1990 we had Saddam Hussein rolled into uh, in, in into I, Iran or into Kuwait. I'm sorry, and uh, we had a big correction, 20 percent. But most of the time the corrections were five, eight percent. You know. Uh, we're we're having you know nineteens, fifteens, and stuff like that because it's a weak uh, expansion. Now, uh, look, domestic equities are number one. I take equal weight over capitalization weight. I would take large cap growth, small cap growth, and mid cap growth. Uh, but I'm keeping my I'm looking over my shoulder for for large cap value and small cap value. And then I think technology, industrials, utilities, communication services, and financials are trying to break out, but they're not. And then dead last are basic material and energy. Uh, energy, you know, I mean, energy is now four and a half percent of the S and P 500 weighting, which is the lowest ever, uh, international equities. Once again, emerging markets, uh, fixed income. I would look at us corporate and high yield, uh, long duration us treasuries. Obviously the short stuff, uh, you want to be careful with because if they start lowering rates quick, um, you know, those will go away. Uh, precious metals is the only commodity I would be looking at. Uh, energy needs to bottom it. it. There's just no bid. Uh, and then the currency of choice is the U.S. dollar. So, uh, look, when we go in a column of O's, I think what we have to talk about is as long as domestic equities are still the number one asset class, we're, we're in decent shape. If, if like in 2008 or in 2010, uh, 2000, when we had this show and they were dead last, um, we warned you. We said, hey, look out. So. I just think there's going to be a transition here and transitions are normally sloppy. So if we do make this transition from growth to value, uh, because you start to look at value when interest rates go down. Okay. Uh, you know, when that it might take a couple interest rate cuts before the value starts to show up. But if it's a transition like that, uh, then, then we have a problem. All right. So, uh, because some of the old leaders get to beat up and, and some new leaders emerge. And so you're going to be watching for the new leaders right now. I'd say it's the consumer staples and gold. Okay. Gold stocks too. Um, as far as the, uh, weekly momentum, it, it died at seven weeks for all the major index indices. Uh, and it, it, I mean, it just, it, it hit, hit a brick wall is what it came down to. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it was a tough day, and, and a lot of people are blaming John Trump on the seven hundred point move down on on Monday. Uh, actually, I think it's a combination. Uh, I think it's the Chinese who are playing hardball, and they will play hardball. And I think Don Trump will play hardball back. So uh, if, if that's something that worries you, then maybe uh, you should be heading to uh, the sidelines. I personally think we're still in a, a secular bull market, and I uh, like I said, the charts today look the same as 2016 and you remember the fourth quarter of 2016 and 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 18 and then the beginning of uh, 2017 were phenomenal so um i look the i, I just think the the fed rate cut was not what people were anticipating and uh, i looked at the equal weight indexes and and uh they they really got beat up uh i mean it was you know but they're way above their uptrend line so i mean the uptrend line's uh down at like 4160 uh and, you know, I think we're at, uh, what, 4,200 or something like that around there. So uh, this, the sectors we we broke down, we only have two sectors or three sectors positive at this point. Electric utilities, they're, they're at 68. Uh, and waste management, they're at 65. And then uh, precious metals, which are at, at 40. So, you know, look, there's 40 sectors here. We only talk about the favored sectors uh, because that's where you, you want to be interested in. But, you know, I, I thought something was up because we, you know, here, here we're going forward. And I think the most we got up to in the last two months was seven favored sectors, maybe eight. Uh, and, and, you know, when, you, when you're on a roll, you're talking about 25, 30 favored sectors. Now, we do have several sectors that are below 30. They are protection services, retail, drugs, oil service, oil. And biotech is right at the 30 level. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they break out. I had so many sectors that uh, went to unfavored this week. I'm not even going to go into it because it takes, it'll take too long. Um, now, you know, we talked about some of the foreign countries. And 
look, I I looked at the ten year yield, and on the and you know it's pretty obvious that all the money is coming from Europe because the German you know the German ten year bond is now a negative yield of 0.6%. So let me tell you what that means. So if you borrow $100,000 of the German 10-year boond, you owe them almost three-quarters of a percentage point. So instead of them paying you, you're paying them. So the fact that people are running to, to any kind of yield they can find is 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 not... You know, it, it just makes sense, okay? The problem is, is the Federal Reserve doesn't get it. Is This is deflation, okay? This is deflation. The Commodity Research Bureau is at the same level it was in 1973. I'm talking about the index. It's at the same level it was in 1973. Uh, and and that, that was a long time ago, folks. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I mean, that was a long, long time ago. So... Uh, the ten-year index is in a situation where uh, it's it's now at one point six four percent as of close of uh, uh, well I don't know it's right around there. So now I looked at the QQQs and they 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 went they put on four zeros in one day. Uh, the first trust internet index sector just got whacked. Uh, so what we're seeing is momentum and low volatility season models are are starting to be, get beat up a little bit. So. I think what you have to really start to do is see how your stock is affected by earnings and see if it breaks down the chart. And uh, that's why I look at charts every day. Uh, you know, Disney getting beat up. I mean, it's right back to support. So it's got a hold here. Uh, I bought some because I believe it will. But, you know, I, I don't know. That's not a recommendation, by the way. Um, that's just some of my clients, you know, thinking out loud. Uh, now, look, there's some hypothetical allocations you can do here. You can go to 100% cash, you can go to 100, you know, 100% cap weight, 100% equal weight. And I think at this point, what I'd be doing is finding the names that didn't really go up this year uh, or are down a lot and where the insiders are buying. Uh, and sometimes that's been happening. Uh, there's been some stuff that Warren Buffett has bought and he's got beat up on. So everybody's getting beat up, just not that, you know, yourself, whatever. Uh, and, uh, now the insiders are buying, the true insiders, which is interesting. So, uh, but look, crude oil has been positive for about five weeks. Uh, you know, I, I see the, com- the continuing commodity index has been positive for eight weeks, but gold has been in a net kind of a negative momentum trend for two weeks after the big pop. But I think the gold stocks have taken the, you know, taken it off. Uh, I have several ways to play that. Copper has been very, very strong and silver. Went right through the roof. Now, the other thing is I, I saw this week is the British pound is getting just hammered. You know, uh, just back in the, uh, in the middle of 2019, it was at 139. It's now 114. Uh, so I think there'll be further distribution there. So it's, it's something to worry about. I didn't have any relative strength buy signals this week. I did have several sell signals. And, re- and remember, this is where you want to check. You know, relative strength is important in every technical aspect. Because uh, you want to have the best performing stock in the best performing industry, so these ones, if you own them, you want to check your uh, uh, your uh, uh, fundamentals. Travel Zoo, Royal Bank of Scotland, Inata Pharmaceuticals, Solarius Pharmaceuticals, Obilon Therapeutics, and Cactus Inc. We'll be right back with Insiders. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. I uh, hope you're enjoying your Saturday. If if you're up yet, <laughs> have a second cup of coffee just for good luck, uh, or whatever you uh, drink in the morning. Um, so insiders, I noticed a big pickup of insiders on Tuesday and Wednesday. What a surprise, huh? And uh, it was smaller batches than I've seen normally. But it was a lot more batches. Okay, so I had nine insider buys for the month of uh, August so far, and last week of July, end of August, and that turned into thirty-eight in two days. So uh, what I tried to do is look at industries, and I think this is important. And one of the industries I noticed is oil, and uh, you know some of these guys are in much higher 
okay? And they've got beaten up, but I'll just, I'll just say this. Enterprise Products, which has held up extremely well, uh, broke a new high, you know, a recovery high anyway, this last week. I noticed one of the key people there bought $150,000 worth of stock. Holly Frontier, I noticed one of the really key people there bought $124,000 worth of stock. Matador, which sits right on the dome in the, in the Permian Basin. Uh, remember, there was a lot of big buyers in that stock at 27. It's now 20 or 17, uh, $121,000. Uh, also, uh, Concho, those three buyers, one of 246, another 247, and another 139. Uh, so we're starting to see some of these guys step up. Okay. So, uh, we'll see if it continues, uh, whatever. Now, here's one that I think is really interesting. Uh, AbbVie, you know, uh, back just a year ago, uh, the stock was trading at 125 and they bought back 20% of their stock and they raised their dividend by 30%. And they raised it again this year by another 8%. So they got a big dividend and they bought Allergan, uh, bailed some people out, I think. Uh, now, I, I sold Allergan uh, around 305, 310. And, uh, you know, I just thought it was too, too much hyped on, uh, on takeover talk with Pfizer. So Pfizer was going to buy Allergan at 345, 350, I think it was. Abby's going to pay 163. It's pretty, I think they, that's pretty smart on their point. Okay. So here we have them, uh, the insiders buying. Uh, we had one, two, three, four. So, uh, a, one director bought, uh, one, 1.1 1. 1 million. Another director bought 362,000. And then, uh, a, uh, controller bought another 262,000. So it's the first insider buys an AV in, in about three years, four years. So we like to see things change and we, and we like to see them at a low. Either low or high. You know, when things are bad, they step up to the plate and they buy. When things are good, uh, they're still stepping up to the plate. Now, Align Technologies, this is, you know, the stuff where they, they put this, uh, plastic mold into your mouth and your, your teeth get fixed instead of braces. And uh, I, I own this stock for a long, long time. I mean, I bought it like seven bucks a share and, uh, it, it did extremely well. It went to 340. I didn't take the ride all the way up, uh, cause it had a couple gap down, you know, and gaps up and it was making me a little bit crazy, but it, it, it was 340. Back in May, it's now 183, and the present CEO just stepped up and bought twice. Uh, the total was about a million dollars, and then the VP Global Marketing and the CMO bought another 206 thousand. So that's the first insider buys we've seen in almost four years there too. And Myland, a director bought a million dollars worth, and it's the first time we see anybody there by in four years too. So, and then Henry Ford. Bought seven point nine nine million dollars worth of Ford uh, stock, and that's his first buy in quite a bit of time. Uh, you know, Ford disappointed on their earnings, but it didn't really matter. GM blew the cover off the ball, and they didn't go very far either. So, you know, uh, I talked about last week. Uh, uh, you know, we were we were at a place where we stopped before. We were at a trend line where we stopped before, and we stopped a lot quicker than we thought we did. We're going to. And the SP 500 dropped pretty dr- drastically. So I think, you know, the next round, I think, is somewhere between 2700 and 2720, uh, uh, on the, on the S&P. So it'll be interesting to see if we get there. Um, would be great, you know, big time support. But we're, you know, look, uh, a, a lot has changed in the world and the markets during the past 10 years. Yet the S&P 500 continues this to stay within this long term rising channel. Now, there are some whoops, and I, I point this out to people. You know, in, in 2000, we had the flash crash. In 2011, we had the the downgrading of the U.S. Treasury bonds. Uh, then we had, uh, in 2014, we uh, I mean, uh, 2013, we had the uh, Ebola crisis, which was a quick 11% correction. And then 2015 and 16, we had the two rate hikes, you know, where we had a 12% correction and a 15% correction. And, and then, you know, uh, in January of 2018, we, we got whacked because the semiconductors broke down. We, we were pretty extended at that point. And then we got whacked in October. We got whacked in May. And we're getting whacked again. So the, the problem is, like I said, it's a weak, a weak recovery. So you got to be a lot more careful as far as, you know, uh, where you're going, what you're doing, and, uh, you know, et cetera. So 
Once again, I think 2700 on the S&P 500 would be a good place to start looking. And 2400 maybe, uh, you know, the Dow has a different type of chart because it, it had kind of an uptrend line and it broke through there. So I think we could back, go back to 24000 maybe 2350 or 23500 uh, would be good support lines. Uh, I have a feeling that it's, it's going to be, if it's like 2016, you know, we, we had uh, the uh, uh, Brexit sell-off. And then we had one more sell-off going into the fall, uh, which unfortunately ensured uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's defeat. And so I think we're getting close to that type of scenario. So, uh, you know, it, 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 I think the key, key things here are look where there's leadership. And that's, that's important. So leadership, that, as I see it, ha- has been in gold, gold stocks, okay, and, and also the consumer staples. Uh, you know, people keep telling me, you know, uh, when should we buy the fangs? Like I said, Lori Calcivita last summer said she didn't like the fangs anymore, and she still doesn't like the fangs. And matter of fact, she's getting more bearish on them as we go along. And, you know, none of those have had, you know, everybody saying, oh, I want to buy Apple. Apple hasn't hit a new high in a year, year and a quarter. Either is, either is Amazon, either, either is Netflix or, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft did, Cisco did, uh, Intel did and then backed off. Uh, so some of those names might be interesting plays. I don't know. I have to, you know, we have to look those over in the next couple of weeks, but, I think, uh, you know, some of the 5G names broke out. They looked pretty good. And then, uh, they kind of sat for a while. Uh, some of them corrected this last week and, and have been pretty quick to move back up. Uh, so that might be a place to look, but I don't think we have a clear leadership showing. And, and that is a big, big problem because, you know, you, you want to be in the leaders. And part of the problems with, uh, only having three, three sectors as favored is you, you don't have a lot to work with. <laughs> it's that simple. Okay. Uh, electric utilities, like I said, are, are at the top of their trend line and the relative strength isn't breaking out, which means people are, you know, were thinking that, you know, they were going to blow up and they haven't. There's no need to because the 10 year treasury keeps the yield keeps going down. I remember a year ago when we started talking about, you know, buying yield, the yield on the 10-year treasury is 3.26. It's now 1.65. That's a heck of a move down. You know, that's a 40% hit. So I think that, you know, you got to look for where the leaders are right now. And it seems to me that gold stocks are definitely a place to be. And look, gold stocks, I think, are a trade. I don't think they're an investment, but they can be a trade for a pretty long time. You know, when we first came on this show, uh, you know, we talked about gold back then. We talked about Gold Corp and Glamis Gold, and they went from like you know four or five bucks to thirty. And then we had you know uh, we had quite a few of the other stocks, and and nobody believed this, but they went up for four or five years. So it was a pretty good investment. Got a long term capital gain on it, etc. But I I think you know gold gold could go up another couple hundred bucks, and that'd be a nice return. And then you got to see how see what happens. So I think it's 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 interesting. Uh, you know, everybody hated Coca-Cola and suddenly it burst up to 10, 12 bucks. Okay. Everybody hated Procter and Gamble. It was at $82. I was buying at $82. It's a hundred and I don't even know what it was, 118 or something like that this week. So, uh, Kimberly Clark was 105 like three months ago. It's 135. You know, Pepsi's up big. Uh, Abbott's been going crazy. So it's been defensive stocks that have been hitting the new highs. So for now, that's our leadership. And I think, you know, that's, you know, that's where you want to stay, uh, until you see the whites of their eyes. So we, we don't have new leadership yet. And I, I don't know where it, you know, where to expect it to come from, to be honest with you. I, I'm not sure. Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. I mean, you know, you, you, you want to wait to see where the relative strength comes in, uh, who's buying what, you know, and, uh, like I said, if if this if we go from this growth to value trade that everybody's been talking about and does doesn't have happen to doesn't have to happen tomorrow or the next day, but there will be some deterioration in the growth stocks, and I'm seeing it already. Okay, uh, you know a couple names service now that we we really liked and we I mean it was an absolute home run shot from the beginning. That was one of those software subscription stocks that we talked about last year. 
for a good six months, and nobody called in for that uh, report either. Uh, so the point is, is that uh, it, there may be a change coming, and it may be a big one. But if you're at the right spot, boy, you can make a lot of money. All right, so what do you do now? Uh, one thing I think, you, you know, you want to review your portfolio. Make sure of any areas, you know, if you have individual stocks, you want to make sure of any areas that, uh, you know, didn't do didn't do well in their earnings or have large exposure to China because I don't think China's going away for a while. Um, and then, uh, you know, if you have ETFs, I'd be checking sectors. There's only three favored sectors right now. All right. So uh, a lot of the momentum stocks are getting whacked. Uh, you know, I had a couple of the momentum ETFs I got stopped out on finally after a couple of years. So uh, we're seeing changes. So what's the good old way of doing things? Dividend growth. Dividend growth, dividend growth. It's a great way to make money. Uh, a lot of those staple companies are in there. The second one I would take a look at is our healthcare. People are looking for healthcare stocks that are cheap. It's a lot, you know, I look, the biotechs have been in a bear market for four years. They're probably going up eventually, I would think anyway. So that's another place I would look. If you'd like to have a cup of coffee or, or come in and talk about your portfolio, call me at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742 or Bing me. Bing or Google Tim Hayes Radio, and you can hit the contact me, email me. Look at Bob Dickey stuff while you're there. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Stay cool. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.